T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And welcome to the back brief. I'm Rod Rodriguez. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, some stories that have hit the headlines uh, in the military world and the vet story world. Our headlines are a little bit different from most other popular news. Right now, the world is wrapped up in COVID vaccines, the elections, uh, and whatever celebrity sleeping with the next celebrity, uh, whatever cat video just made, you know, 6 million hits on YouTube. That's the world of, of uh, conventional media. We're alternative media. We're not that alternative, but our, our headlines are a little bit different. And one of the stories that really kind of penetrated both worlds was the recent murder of a Delta Force operator. And as my guest here, Jack Murphy, will explain, this story had a bunch of layers. And he uncovered some amazing things, some tragic things from this story. A little bit later, we're going to uh, talk about that three-star General Air Force, the Kraken, the 305th. A lot of you had some very strong opinions about the video that Jack and I did. So we're going to address some of your concerns, some of your comments in our YouTube. I went comment creeping, harvested them, threw them in a little bag, and I brought them back. I'm going to put that bag down. We're going to open it up, pull each one out, look at it. We're going to give your comments attention. I'm not even sure if this is a good idea, perfectly honest with you, because some of those comments, man, uh, y'all mean, y'all mean just mean also are you new to the internet rod i feel uh it was it wasn't just mean it was weird like the concept that i'm making some type of like money off of uh, or, or i'm benefiting off of calling someone's calling someone's idea conspiracy theory or that you and i are on the take uh we are part of some global message maybe maybe I am an unwitting stooge. I no, will, I, I'm always impressed by people who think that, you know, I write this or that article to cash in. Like I cash in, like I, they don't understand. I've been paid a salary as a journalist ever since the beginning. So like I can write about, you know, veterans playing shuffleboard at a retirement home, or I can write about the latest secret JSOC operation and I get paid the exact same amount of money. It doesn't make any difference to anything, but People have their own internal narratives, right? If they read something in the news they don't like, they have to come up with a story. Well, why did that guy write that? So true. Um, but before we get too far into the Kraken and the fun, I call it the fun stuff. Um, we're going to go, <laughs> I know, right? Let, let's, let's backtrack a little bit because this story is pretty tragic. Um, and it, and it's, it's really about culture, isn't it? Like the, the way that we perceive our Delta Force our um, our elite soldiers inside of the army. Uh, do they have a license to kill? What is happening inside of this very, uh, very insulated community of, of warriors? What's going on there? Well, yeah, you're right. It's, it, it is at its heart an issue of culture. And it's an issue of culture with our most elite soldiers and our most elite units. Uh, that have been essentially constantly deployed for the last 20 years. They've been rotating back and forth overseas. Um, these guys have worked very, very hard. Um, they deserve a lot of credit for their hard work. 
Um, but it has also put wear and tear on these units. And as we, we talked about previously, um, in particular uh, related to traumatic um, brain injuries and blast, explo- blast exposures, um, you know, a lot of these guys have issues, medical issues that are not no fault of their own, uh, TBI and PTSD and things like this. And um, so, yeah, it raises questions about where the culture is at, where the men are at. So tell us a little bit about the, the, the murder. Who murdered who? And there's some history behind this. Yeah, so this is a uh, complicated story, but I'll, I'll try to break it down. On December 2nd of this year, so that's this month, uh, two, uh, one soldier and one veteran were found dead at a training area on Fort Bragg. Uh, their names were Master Sergeant William Levine, who was a Delta Force operator, uh, publicly uh, credited or listed as being assigned to United States Army Special Operations Command. The second is a Army veteran named Timothy Dumas, who was a property book manager at 7th Group and 7th Special Forces Group, and then went on for the last like decade, was a property book manager at Fort Bragg at an unspecified unit. Uh, and then he retired just a few years ago. So these two men uh, were found dead at this training site. In my questions to uh, Criminal Investigations Division at Fort Bragg, all they are telling uh, me or any other reporter is that this is being investigated as a homicide. So there's a lot more to learn there. Um, I'm, I'm going to avoid speculating on that right now. Uh, but what did come out of this, something that I stumbled upon uh, as I was investigating this, was that Levine was involved in killing another soldier in 2018. And so one of the soldiers who was found dead at, at, on Fort Bragg this month, back in 2018, had shot and killed a Green Beret, a Special Forces soldier who, who he was his best friend. So... Levine is found dead, correct? Correct. This month. This month. And this is connected, maybe connected somehow, but we do know that he was involved in another homicide. He shot and killed another Green Beret. Uh, The story that I understand is uh, he told authorities this other Green Beret was coming at him with a screwdriver and he had to put him down. But yet... The screwdriver wasn't found at the murder at the scene of the murder was found outside. A screwdriver was found outside uh, near his car. What it, does, does anything seem connected between these two events? I mean, there's, it, it, it doesn't seem like they, they, they are that far apart. At, at this time, there's no direct connection. There's no direct link that I, I've been able to find or that I can discern. Um, Master Sergeant Levine had run-ins with the law, um, had some issues going on in his personal life. Um, and that, that's something that's consistent um, throughout the years, right up until his, his unfortunate, what, what is apparently a homicide, his killing at Fort Bragg. But I don't know that the shooting in 2018 is directly related to what happened in December 2020. That, that I, I don't know. We do know that there was a witness to that uh, that first murder of the Green Beret. There was a witness to that, and that was the the Green Beret's daughter. She saw the whole thing. Uh, in light of this new death, has she said anything publicly? Has she come forward to say, you know, give her opinion on 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 these recent deaths? So, yes, the only remaining living witness, because now. Um, now, Mark Levine is deceased. The Green Beret who he shot in 2018 named Mark Leshikar, of course, deceased as well. This means that the only living witness is Mark Leshikar's daughter, who was about five years old at the time that he was killed, that, he, that her, her father was killed in front of her. Um, just to go back through the sequence of events, they had been, this was March 2018, they had been on vacation um, in Disneyland. Uh, with uh, Mark's wife and both of their children, Mark's uh, daughter and uh, Levine's daughter. They came back from Disney, uh, Disney World in Florida. 
uh, on the way back, Levine's statement to the police was that Mark was acting paranoid, that he thought they were being followed, that he thought people were listening to them and things like this. They get back home. Uh, Mark began working on his car in the driveway of Levine's residence uh, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Levine and, and Leshikar had some sort of altercation at that point, like out in the driveway that turned into like a wrestling match. Um, but it's unclear what that argument was about. Um, no, no one seems to know that. Uh, Levine then goes inside his, his home with both of the daughters uh, with him inside the house and he locks the door. Leshikar then comes up to the door um, to get in. His daughter is, uh, from what I've been told, she was afraid of the way that Levine or Uncle Billy, as she knew him, was afraid of the way that Levine was acting. She was scared. So she unlocked the door for her father to come back inside. Now we get into uh, the daughter's account because the daughter has begun um, to speak about what happened ever since she found out that Levine was killed. Um, I know this, not, I would not talk to a minor because of the ethical issues uh, involved in something like that, but her grandmother and her aunt relayed this information to me that this little girl has begun speaking about her father's death um, since finding out that Levine was killed. She said that previously she had never really talked about it because she was afraid that Levine would also come and kill her mommy. And so, so she was scared of him. What she, what she told, what, the story she has told uh, her family members is that her dad came inside and was, he was mad. He came inside the living room, dining room area, and that Levine opened fire on him. She, that Levine started shooting at him. She says her dad fell to the ground. She actually mimics, this little girl mimicked for her family how her father crumpled down to the ground. And she said that Levine kept firing at him. Uh, and from her point of view, you know, she looked down at her father's face and knew he was dead. And she said that his, that her father had pushed her out of the way. Like as he was walking towards Billy, he pushed her out of the way. And in his daughter's mind, um, she believes that her, the last thing her father did was save her life um, by trying to protect her and push her out of the way. Now we can get into the physical evidence if you're in interested to hear about that. Yes, because I'm trying to figure out like there had to be some physical physical evidence to support one of these two narratives. Either one that this guy was outside working on his car, lost it, got into a you know uh, an argument, turned physical. Levine goes in the house, locks the door. He's trying to protect himself and the children. The guy breaks through and he takes deadly action. The other side of this argument is that Levine, it sounds like one side of this could have been Levine went inside, tried to barricade himself with the kids. Leshikar comes, is able to make his way in there and gets, uh, you know, he, he's murdered by Levine in cold blood. What did the physical evidence say? So the, the physical evidence, uh, I've reviewed the medical examiner's report and the autopsy report. Leshikar, so Levine opened fire with a 45 caliber handgun. He fired four shots. Three of the four struck Leshikar. Uh, two, one was in the in the like the neck area, uh, and then lodged in his back. Uh, another one was in his side, uh, hit him in the side, and then a third shot uh, was a, a grazing wound on the neck. Uh, it was at about a 45-degree angle. Interestingly, the medical examiner notes that the shot was from back to front. So the, the, the shot traveled from behind towards the front. Um, when the medical examiner uh, looked at the body at the, at the scene and rolled the body over, there was no screwdriver. Now, why this matters is because there's a big part of Levine's statement was that Leshikar attacked him with a screwdriver that he was brandishing a screwdriver and came and attacked him with it. And that's why he used his handgun to open fire and kill Leshikar. The medical examiner did not find a screwdriver on the scene. 
what's interesting also is the bullet fragments. There were bullet fragments found uh, in the kitchen and dining room, uh, the kitchen and living room area. There were also bullet fragments found under the carpet. Now, what this appears is that it supports the daughter's statement that Leshikar hit the ground after the first two shots and that Levine continued fire, at least fired at least one more shot, uh, an insurance shot or, or a coup de grace, if you will, um, to make sure that he was dead. Um, that's it, it, So the daughter's statement and the, the ME report appears to make sense with one another. They appear to be consistent. Um, now, there, I also have uh, a document from the Army. The Army did what's called a line of duty report um, to see. It, I, it, it determines that Leshikar is not at fault for his death, that he did nothing to bring this upon himself. And actually, the, the, the manner in which he gained entry to the residence mattered because his daughter was locked inside and she opened the door for him to come back inside. So he did not break in. His daughter was locked inside the house. Uh, and that was one part of it that he was uh, and how they determined that he was not at fault here um, because of those circumstances. Uh, it also uh, had the Army report references the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office uh, report, which I don't have access to because Cumberland County Sheriff's Office will not give me that incident report. They say they will not give it up without a court order. So I would have to hire a lawyer and petition the courts down there and have the judge subpoena it. Otherwise, I can't see it. But I do have this Army document that they had access to that report and they cite it inside their own report. And they also say law enforcement did not find a screwdriver in the house uh, where Leshikar was killed. There was no screwdriver. It was not found. Later on, I was told there was a screwdriver out in the garage out where uh, Leshikar was working on his car, where you would expect to find a screwdriver. There was no screwdriver inside the home, according to, you know, at this point, it's documented by several different sources. Um, so... Now we're starting to run into some problems here. There are also other inconsistencies, things that don't make sense. Uh, Levine made the statement that he couldn't see Leshikar's hands at one point. But if you can't see his hands, then how do you know that he's brandishing a screwdriver? Um, he, it's indicated in the report and the documentation I have that uh, Levine initially said that Leshikar killed himself and then changed his account. There were enough inconsistencies in there that the Army and the Army report, they deemed that Levine was not credible and that his words were not credible. However, the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office ruled this as a justifiable homicide. Um, there was a CID investigation done as well on post, uh, and they reached the same conclusion as the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office. Now, it just defies belief. Um, the things I just said contradict one another in that how can this death be a justifiable homicide, but Levine also not be credible? How can Leshikar be determined to have died in the line of duty and to have not um, done anything to warrant his own death, yet it's also ruled a justifiable homicide? And we keep coming back to the same issue here. Where is the screwdriver? So let's flash forward. This has happened to Levine. Now, let's assume for a moment that this was a justified killing. Um, Levine defended himself. We flash forward a couple of years, 2020. You're out there shooting with uh, your, your property book manager. What happened there? I, I don't know that they were out there shooting. Uh, you know um, what? I, I, I take that back because I saw the picture of him all kitted up. It looked like he was out shooting. You know, I just made that 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 assumption in my head. But tell us a little bit about the the current uh, the the current death. So Levine is dead. This other guy's dead. What happened? Levine and Dumas. I, I don't know what happened. And uh, you know, I I want to be very careful about not speculating about what happened at this point. Um, we just know that they uh, that Levine and Dumas were found dead this month at, at the training site. Exactly how that happened, we don't know. It is being investigated as a homicide investigation, um, which means presumably there's still a killer on the loose. 
Um, the only the only point I would say on that is, you know, I think that Leshikar's death is horrible and tragic, and and it does not appear that justice was served in in his case. However, I'd also point out that uh, Levine is also someone's son. He's someone's teammate and someone's friend, and uh, and I'm sure the same is true of Dumas. And their killers should also be brought to justice. This gives us an unprecedented view inside of the world of Delta Force. These are operators whose identities are often kept secret. These are guys that don't go out there and advertise themselves like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm a Delta Force guy. Um, it's not till years later after they retire that typically that we'll hear that of their experience or where they served. What type of reaction are we seeing from the special operations community, from the Delta Force community? What has this uh, murder done? Uh, what kind of shockwaves has it sent out? Um, my impression is that everyone's circling the wagons right now. Uh, even normal sources who I speak to uh, are like going to commo silence on this. People do not want to talk about that. And uh, I'm not at all surprised. Um, I think it's quite typical of JSOC to want to circle the wagons and squash this. And they will, the, the command will sweep this under the rug if they're able to. Fort Bragg will sweep this under the rug if they're able to. Um, it's a very closed off culture. Uh, you're dealing with clandestine units uh, and secret operations. And the nature of secrecy recluses units and individuals from the normal sort of peer review that they would otherwise have. Um, and I, I think Joint Special Operations Command enjoys that luxury. I, I, I understand the need for secrecy and the need for classification, of course, but that secrecy um, and that sort of insular nature of these units also leads to the potential for abuse. Um, I don't think that this incident is atypical of Delta Force or of JSOC. I think this is an aberration, it's not normal, um, but it does point to deeper problems, um, especially when you see that you had the death of Leshikar. The investigation looks like it was a, a cover-up more than it was an investigation. And Levine was able to continue serving in USASOC. There doesn't appear to have been any repercussions of that. There were other brushes that Levine had with the law um, there's a lot more we, we could get into there. Um, it becomes a question of accountability. And if the accountability stops, then you'll have a rot within the unit that will get worse and worse over time. I'm also concerned about the recent Fort Hood Independent Committee review findings that showed uh, the CID agents on Fort Hood that had been assigned to investigating a, a, a number of different criminal uh, activity, they were severely understaffed and uh, underexperienced. They were talking about out of the 30 or 40 different agents, only three had more than two to three years of experience. Uh, even the, 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 the chairman of that committee stated something along the lines of, uh, it was a keen, it was, it was um, like putting freshly graduated uh, FBI agents from Quantico into the New York field office. Now that's Fort Hood, but I, I think that we, we can probably take Fort Hood and say, well, this is probably what, if this is happening at Fort Hood, the largest installation in the United States Army in terms of training area, uh, it's probably true in other places like Fort, uh, Fort Bragg, Fort Stewart, you know, larger bases, larger, larger forts. I worry or I'm concerned, I should say, I am concerned about the state of the CID force at the time of Leshikar's murder and the current state of its force as they investigate Levine's murder. I mean, I have very little faith at this point, to be honest, just based on what I've learned so far. Um, it, it the, the investigation was almost like a non-investigation from what I've been able to tell. And I FOIA'd the, C, the CID investigation specifically. I don't know if they're going to give it up or not. Um, I think it was very interesting that CID had access to the Cumberland uh, County Sheriff's uh, Office police report. 
and they were under specific instructions not to share that police report with the victim's mother and sister by name. They were by name. Do not show this or give it to them. That's super suspect. Uh, that is super suspicious. But I'm willing to entertain that maybe they had a reason. Uh, I, I think it really comes down to what is in that report. Uh, or that, what isn't in it? What, what is isn't? In it? In there it. you go. That there could be there could be connections here. But to your point, um, there is a lot of there's a lot of speculation. Um, I don't want to take away from the fact that there are three people dead here. Mm -hmm. um, Leshkar passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, Levine and uh, the property book manager, I can't remember his name right now. It escapes me. Dumas. Dumas. Thank you. Um, to your point, uh, these are, these are soldiers. They are, they are people that serve their country. Uh, Levine, you know, to become a Delta Force operator is not easy. That takes a lot of dedication, a lot of sacrifice, personal uh, sacrifice to to reach those goals. Somebody's kid, somebody's kid, somebody's brother, somebody's uh, uncle. So uh, my my heartfelt condolences to the families of the people that have passed away. Um, justice has to be served, must be served. I think that's an important aspect to this. Like we have to figure out what actually happened. Uh, I hope, I hope and I pray that CID is, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure the people that are, that are there mean to do well. I don't think anybody goes to CID like, man, I'm so glad I'm a CID. I get to kick my feet up on this desk and relax. I think that they're trying. Um, I want to believe there's integrity inside of these organizations that if they're asked to cover something up, that they will say, no, I will not do that. And uh, the truth will be uncovered. But we'll see. Jack, uh, you wrote the full story on this, and that is at ConnectingVets.com, correct? Yep. Awesome. We'll put the links to the story in the show notes and leave your comments below. What do you think happened? Uh, and is there another way for us to get this police report from Cumberland other than having to go hire some fancy attorney to go out there and write some stuff? I mean, there's the possibility that CID gives it up as part of the FOIA request, but I, I think I, I'm, I think whatever I get from CID is just going to be black magic marker streaks. I don't, I, I think they're probably going to give up very little, um, but we'll see. Otherwise, um, we'd have to get a lawyer and go down there and try to pry it out of them. Folks, when we come back, we are talking about the Kraken. We're going to lighten the story up a little bit. We're going to lighten the mood. Uh, we're talking about a three-star general. We talked about this guy before, and Jack Jack was on the offensive. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Jack was being completely uh, one-sided. He is a shill. I'm going I'm to expose Jack when we come back from the break. And welcome back to the back brief. Uh, I've got Jack Murphy here. Uh, I promised you I was going to expose him for the shill that he is. He is uh, working for uh, he's, he's the deep he's state, the deep state. He's working for the man. So, Jack, very quickly, give us a, a rundown of this video that you and I did about the who is this three star general and what was his big claim uh, that we recently talked about? Wow. Well, yeah, we did like a 40 minute video, I think, about uh, retired Lieutenant General Thomas Macarney. Uh Macarney was a uh, he, he flew in Vietnam. He, you know, had this meteoric rise through the Air Force, uh, retired in the 90s and became a Fox News military consultant. He's a big war hawk. Um, showing for the war in Iraq. He was part of the military analyst program in the Pentagon that helped them sell the war, sell the 2003 invasion. Uh, and he went on television many, many times um, making completely ridiculous claims. Um, I mean, we, we really get into it in the video about all the weird stuff that he, he had gotten into over the years. But the latest and greatest is uh, well, he, and he got fired from Fox News finally after uh, saying some some derogatory things about John McCain, the late senator. Um, 
but the, the latest thing that Macrony said that was controversial was he was talking about the Kraken, which is, in his words, the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion, which supposedly did some sort of like uh, raid on a server farm in Frankfurt, Germany, that the CIA was running to subvert the election and steal the steal the vote from President Trump. Uh, so that's that's kind of the latest and greatest that he's been on. So I want to read to you some of the comments that we received about our video, about your comments, not about mine, because I, I remained completely objective. I'm kidding. I, I kind of jumped <laughs> on that train too. But uh, I did not receive as much uh, criticism as you did. Uh, so let's jump into it, man. Uh, Jemmy Joyland said, so I'm going to try and read this the way uh, I, I, I think that she meant it. So who to believe? Why should I believe you? The three-star general is a liar according to you. What makes me to believe that you, not a three-star, say the truth? Dilemma. And I think you post this video exactly for this reason, to cause a dilemma state. What do you have to say to that? I mean, you aren't a three-star general to my knowledge, Mr. Jack Murphy. Uh, why should we believe you? You're, you're just a, a, a journalist. Uh, you're a former Green Beret, but you're not a three-star general. This guy is. I mean, if he's a three-star general, he should probably know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a general um, appeal to authority type of argument that, that they're making, which I understand to a certain uh, degree. And that's why these big uh, news shows, Fox News and others, they hire all these people as military consultants, law enforcement consultants. So you have the person on there and it says after their name, CIA, FBI. And presumably that person knows what they're talking about and they're telling the truth. And, you know, there are some great people, obviously, who come out of the military, the CIA, the FBI. Some of them, though, are batshit crazy. Um, not all of them are, are credible. Um, in that video, we talked about Michael Schur, uh, who's a big QAnon guy. He served decades in the CIA. McInerney, retired Air Force general, uh, should be a very credible guy, but he isn't. Um, I think you could just look at the person's track record and see that they're not a very good analyst, that their judgment is not very good, to put it politely. Um, I mean, I don't think you have to believe me. It's not a, even a question of believing me or not. Go and uh, you can confirm with the United States military itself that the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion is a training battalion. It's for essentially basic tra trainees. It's the advanced individual training that uh, that soldiers go through as part of their initial entry training into the military. That you don't have to take my word for it. This isn't me saying this. It's the United States military saying this. And go ahead and talk to anybody who is in military intelligence, anyone who graduated from any of those courses, that they're going to tell you the same thing. So I, I'm not trying to like say I'm Jack Murphy. I was, you know, this Green Beret once upon a time. Therefore, everything I say is true. I think you should believe the things I write because they're fact-checked and because I get my ducks in a row and cross my T's and dot my I's. And if I don't, then you're right to call bullshit and say, what, what are you talking about, Jack? And doesn't it, I think that you hit on something here. You are fact-checking. You, you line your ducks up in a row, cross your T's, dot your I's. The problem, I think, comes from the idea of what do we consider ducks in a row? How do we define cross T's and dotted I's. Now, it may seem and, obvious. It may seem like common sense, but some folks don't see it that way. I think some folks are looking at what constitutes my ducks in a row differently than from what you are considering. Yeah, I, I think that it's also very confusing for the public because they'd say like, okay, here's here's this guy, Macrony, who's a general, and here's this guy, Jack Murphy. He was an SF guy, uh, I guess he, I guess he's for real. Like, which am I supposed to believe? Uh, if you see someone on TV who has the, the three letters CIA after their name, should I believe this guy? Should I not believe them? How do I make that determination? And in my case, as a reporter, I'm fortunate that I, I know enough people and have enough contacts. I can make some phone calls and, and start to try to figure it out, even though it's a challenge for me. And I think about this a lot. It's a challenge for me a lot of times to find out what the hell is really going on. Now, imagine the average American 
who they just read up the they they open up the paper they turn on the television and it's like a blank slate it's like where do you even begin with that to try to discern what's real and what isn't and um so I, I get it. I, I understand. I mean, it, it, we live in a very confusing, turbulent world <laughs> in so many ways. Uh, from Michael Moore, not the Michael Moore you probably think, but this is probably a different Michael Moore. Uh, it appears you have a conspiracy theory about a conspiracy theory. Vid could have been briefer if you had just said, I don't believe it. I suppose you view all the Dominion information as debunked as well. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not an expert on Dominion voting machines, and I, I, I never made any claim. That's probably why I didn't make any claims about it or really talk about them. Um, I haven't seen any anything that I claim credible. We'll, we'll actually get into that a little bit as, as far as this affidavit. Um, I, I mean, I, it's, it's just like, hey, show, show me the evidence and we'll deal with it. And even if it's something I don't like, I mean, we'll we'll address the evidence right now it seems like the the federal court system is addressing the evidence and they're not finding a whole lot there um Let, let's talk a little bit about evidence because neil bernie wrote in regards to the video neil itself, bernie neil bernie uh, not accurate and how do you know this see the details of a secret see the details of a secret operation i'm assuming they're hard to come by and i think the retired general might know more than you so I think what Neil Bernie is trying to get at here is this is the, that assuming this operation did go down, uh, the secret computer was secret server was taken down, uh, big raid, people died, that you and I would not know the details of a secret operation, that what the general is saying comes from uh, his access to this information his years of experience that he is bringing a secret. He's talking about a secret operation that you and I have no idea about. And that just by saying, well, the 305th is a training battalion that maybe they're not a training battalion. Maybe there's aspects of the 305th that are operational. Maybe, maybe that that's the perfect place to hide uh, a secret intelligence cell in the place where nobody will go look, a training battalion. Yeah, again, it's an, it's an appeal to authority. And we're being asked to just take it on blind faith that this guy, Macarney, has these awesome sources and that he knows something that we don't because he's a general. Um, okay, but, if he has sources, where's the evidence? But isn't it, uh, but isn't it possible that we're wrong? Isn't it possible that the government is hiding a secret crack intel team inside, I mean, training battalion, because that's the last place anybody would look. And I mean, isn't it possible that this is, that he is telling the truth and we're the ones that are wrong? You know, it's always possible that, I, that I'm wrong. It's always possible that that commenter is wrong. It's always possible that any of us are wrong at any given time. I mean, that's, and so that and statements like that don't really say too much to, to me. Um, again, it, it just goes back to like, where is the evidence? If Macarney has this sort these sources, where was this server farm in Frankfurt? Like, what's the address? Like, let's go there. Let's see if there's like expended brass, expended shell casings on the floor and like blood splotches on the walls. Who worked there? Who were these people? What were their names? Well, Who were these I, soldiers that hit it hit this hit this facility? I mean, there are I'm all gonna, these I'm like, like just having room. a claim without evidence, without the details, doesn't really mean anything. And Macaroni's not going to give the details because he knows this shit will fall apart in two seconds if he does. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we can't do that. So if we show up to Germany, we're like, this is the spot. We're going to find it's clean. Why? Because we sent our people in to clean it. There won't be brass because it was cleaned up. You ask neighbors, we didn't hear a damn thing. Why? Because they've been threatened or they've been paid off. Again, and this is, this is how conspiracy theories work. The absence, the absence of proof, the absence of evidence is just the further evidence that there's something there. And it's exactly the same sort of logic that we've talked about previously in regards to QAnon or the satanic panic that... You know, there were these claims that there were these tunnels underneath a daycare center in the 1980s that children were like smuggled through to ritualistically abuse these satanic rituals and things like this. You go looking under the school, there's no tunnels. Well, you didn't dig in the right place. 
the tunnels are somewhere else. So this, the absence of evidence for these types of people, for this type of logic is that it, you just didn't look in the right place, that it's not, there, it's not there or that it's been erased. I mean, at some, it, this is like a, a religious belief at this point that this happened. Like, if you're telling me I'm just supposed to take this as an article of faith, I can't. <laughs> now, but if you're saying this factually happened, then we need some evidence. You know, in our last story we just talked about, we had a whole conversation about physical evidence um, and eyewitness statements. So my last comment to you is from SJ. And honestly, this is probably my favorite comment. Sorry, buddy. Having a New York Times bestselling book lends no credibility to your opinions. You don't get book deals by telling the truth. You get them by championing the, quote, approved narrative. In your first few minutes, uh, in your first minute, you're being quite condescending towards what we might call conspiracy theories. That's in quotes. In the last five years, we have learned through Snowden, Assange, and other patriots who leaked illegal activity at great peril to themselves. We've seen Tom Fitton's FOIA declassifications and Trump's declassifications that show that a great deal of the conspiracy theories are in fact facts. Take that, Jack Murphy. That's a big brain take, right? Um, yeah, I look, I, I don't recall bringing up that I had a New York Times bestselling book. I wasn't making an appeal to authority, uh, so I don't, I don't need to lean on that. Uh, I don't care. Um, you know, I, in regards to ha getting a book deal, I mean, getting a book deal is always nice, but I mean, General McInerney has a book. Is he, is he, he had a book deal. Is he just shilling? Like how, how come, how come these other people can have book deals and you believe them, but I, I get a book deal and all of a sudden I'm not credible. How does that work? Uh, but now you see, he's getting off topic and he's just veering off into like all this other stuff. Like if you can't prove the specific subject we're talking about, let's just have this like grandiose conversation about the grand unified field theory of conspiracy. Uh, and we're going to talk about all this other shit. Uh, I mean, Snowden leaked everything. He, he, he leaked the crown jewels he took off and handed, handed over to the Russians and, and, and to journalists. And this conspiracy, I mean, there was one program involving the use of metadata um, that, there are some, that there are legal questions about. Um, there, there were rightfully legal questions about the gathering of that data. And apparently that, that situation has been corrected, thankfully. But Snowden took everything, everything that wasn't bolted to the ground. And it, 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 these were lawful espionage programs that our government was running abroad. Um, where, where is this huge conspiracy that people speak of? Um, even though everything has leaked, like damn near everything was disclosed and we still don't have this conspiracy, this, the, the proof of this massive conspiracy. But again, you looked for the secret tunnels under the daycare center. You didn't find them while well, you dug in the wrong place. You know, that conspiracy, all the secret documents, they must be somewhere else, right? All, all these other stuff, all the uh, State Department cables leak out from uh, from Chelsea Manning, uh, all the stuff that Julian Assange leaked. N no proof about the JFK assassination. No proof about 9-11 uh, was an inside job. None of it. Like, where, <laughs> where, is, where is this proof of the, the Illuminati conspiracy? Or, or not even proof. Where's, where's a shred of it? Just show me a little piece of it at this point. Well, I, I don't, I mean, um, I don't know where to begin. I, I think that a lot of people will say that your argument is completely within the realm of like fact, belief. Um, if you're looking for secret tunnels, you didn't find them. Yes, you dug in the wrong place because you didn't find them. They're over there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't, it's a religious belief. What's yeah. wrong with you? Um, if you don't find the doc, if the documents aren't here, well, that's because they're not there. It's because they're somewhere else. I, they were I, in another server farm but in maybe Frankfurt, they Germany. Are in a server farm. Maybe they are. Here's my problem. <laughs> and I think this is the problem where a lot of other conspiracy theorists, uh, this is our problem, is that whenever we say that's impossible, there's no conspiracy there. There's something. 
there's usually something. It, it's maybe not as grandiose as uh, Satan, satanic child eating or uh, underground pizza pedophilia uh, or even Dominion computers hiding out in German apartments. Uh, sometimes it's a, a conspiracy of a couple of people to make something that they want happen. Um, we, we find this happens a lot. Even in various in murders, murders can be a conspiracy to either sure. cover up the, the killer, cover up the victims, cover up, there's, there's, there's cover-ups and cover-ups. I mean, we just finished having a conversation about a potential, the fact that Fort Bragg might want to, if they can, they would cover up a murder. We've seen Fort Hood, again, I'm going to go back to the independent research uh, paper. I don't think they actually say conspiracy, but it's not hard to say. It's not hard to imagine that a lot of sexual assault cases and assault, sexual uh, uh, harassment cases were covered up by chains of command. That There were conspiracies yeah. to protect. It's a, it's a conspiracy of silence in so many ways. Exactly. Um, so when we see all these conspiracies, we real life shit, we're like, we can point to and go, yeah, yeah, those guys covered that up. We hear from a third star, three star general, we hear from guys with CIA credentials and they're saying also this. And what about that? How do we so easily, or how do we, not easily, but how do we dismiss them and not dismiss sexual harassment conspiracies or murder conspiracies? Well, with, with facts. And what I mean by that is uh, take Fort Hood. I mean, in the, the death of Vanessa Guillen, there's a, there's a plethora of evidence, of physical evidence um, that, that was collected by law enforcement. There's just tons and tons of evidence. And, you know, I, that, that doesn't mean that we can convict people uh, in a court of public opinion or anything. There has to be due process and all of that. But there are facts. There is actual evidence um, in these cases of, of sexual assault. I mean, even if it's just somebody's uh, a victim statement, that's the beginning of something that you can use as a basis for an investigation. In, in the case of what General McInerney has said, there, there's nothing. There's just nothing there. And we'll talk about, you know, in, in a minute, we talk about where that whole conspiracy came from, and maybe it'll open some people's eyes. Um, but the, like the evidence is either there or, or it isn't. I mean, and if there's not even, there's not even something to nibble on there, then I think you, you have to dismiss it as a conspiracy theory. Let's jump into that because you have alluded to this. You, you, you've dropped a couple of hints. Um, you're about to break this story wide open because we have the source for a lot of this Kraken conspiracy. Right. What happened? What, who is this guy? Who is the source? So we're going to get, this is, this plays into general McInerney's statements, but let's go back first and let's say the, the Kraken lawsuits um, that they're known collectively as the Kraken lawsuits. And these are the lawsuits being filed by a lawyer named Sidney Powell, um, not on behalf of the Trump administration, but acting in her personal capacity as a lawyer, so we're told, uh, to prove that there is widespread voting fraud uh, throughout the United States um, that, that basically spiked the election against President Trump uh, and ruined his reelection campaign. They're trying to prove all sorts of different things, you know, fraudulent voting, the Dominion voting machines, and basically everything that could go wrong did go wrong in their eyes. Um, some of the affidavits that they have signed are just like I, the ones I've read are just goofy, um, to, to say the least. I read one that was from like a former guy claiming to be former CIA and all of his sources and his statements were based on articles he read in the New York Times. I was like, what am I? What? Like, that's not how evidence works but uh one of them uh it was actually this guy brad heath noticed this one of these affidavits um they had a uh, the, the witness is codenamed in them spider and he was supposedly a military intel guy who works with information technology and he was given all this proof about 
how uh, how the, the election was rigged. And uh, this guy, this Reuters reporter, Brad Heath, he noticed um, in the affidavit that though that Sidney Powell and her her legal team released, they have they refer to this guy by a code name, but then the bookmarks in the PDF they mistakenly left his real name in. And so that's how Spider's true name, Joshua Merritt, leaked out. Uh, it turned out he's this 43-year-old. Who, he does work as an information technology consultant. Uh, his claims about being in a in the sworn affidavit claiming that he was a electronic intelligence analyst under the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion, um, that has been demonstrated to be false, that he washed out of training. Um, the Army has confirmed this. Um, and Joshua Merritt himself, in an interview with the Washington Post, he said, yeah, I should have, you know, I didn't read the affidavit carefully enough. That was put in there by Powell's legal team. That's not necessarily true or it's misleading. Um, the affidavit itself, I mean, it's pretty funny, man. It's a bunch of screenshots like taking on cell phones and stuff like that of like websites. And, and supposedly it proves that like votes were overturned in, in the in the voting machines. And again, it's like, I don't think that's how evidence works, but and these, that, I mean, this is why it's not just my opinion. That's why these lawsuits keep getting rejected by the courts. Um, and then that brings us to his, his other statements. He says that the Chinese and the Iranians um, were deeply involved in, in uh, rigging the, the voting machines and hacking the election and all of this. What he does not say is that his former unit that he was in, this training unit, that the 305th Military Intelligence Battalion, he makes no claims that they were involved in raiding a server farm in Germany um, or, or that they were involved in trying to fight Chinese and Iranian involvement in the election. General Macarney does make that claim. So now we have to ask our question like, did Macarney take this as like, infer- like, like it's like some sort of Kevin Bacon telephone game that's getting played that like maybe somebody told Macarney about this affidavit and then he took it and put his spin on it. And I don't know that. It's just you can see like little breadcrumbs that they don't necessarily meet up, but they have some like commonalities um, and where they're coming from. Because the 305th getting mentioned in this affidavit, Spider's affidavit, and then Macarney bringing it up. But I don't think that's purely a coincidence. But what really helped this conspiracy theory uh, uh, gain traction was on November uh, 12th, Congressman Louis Gohmert said on an interview in Newsmax TV that this company, that it was a, a Skydle was the name of the company, that their server farm located in Germany uh, had their servers seized by the army um, for evidence in voter fraud. Um, and he, he said that he saw it in like a, a German tweet in German or something in German. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, a contact, uh, acquaintance of mine, uh, Ross Elder, who um, he's a former private investigator and continues to investigate some things trying to dispel conspiracy theories. And yes, I use that term, conspiracy theories. He actually traced this back to patient zero. He found the, the German language social media tweet that originated it. Um, the guy's name, it was on Facebook, uh, actually. It was in early November. Luis Alberto Fernandez Vidod. He's a truck driver in Germany. And he made this post on Facebook. He did not mention the 305th. Um, that got brought in later. But he mentions the story about the he, he tells this story of the U.S. Army seizing these servers from this company, Skytle, um, to uh, secure them as evidence of voter manipulation uh, out of Frankfurt, Germany. So that's the original post. And he, this guy, Vidod, makes this comment as if it's a fact when apparently it's just something that he made up. He's, he's a truck driver in Germany. That's who this dude is. His, uh, his social media feed is just filled with uh, QAnon conspiracy stuff, um, but it gets even worse as, you know, Ross and I looked through, I looked through his social media as well. Um, he said, uh, Vidod's Facebook timeline, 
is a far-right extremist's wet dream. He was posting anti-Clinton memes as far back as 2015 and jumped onto the QAnon bandwagon um, in the very early days of its emergence. Anti-immigration, pro-Trump, pro-QAnon, anti-Merkel memes flood his posts. Most concerning, however, is the huge number of pro-Russia, pro-Putin statements, memes, and post shares. Those posts go so far as to share anti-Semitic memes, German-Russian Brotherhood organizations, and even several posts praising the Russian nationalist biker gang mercenaries of the Night Wolves. This is uh, a, that was a statement from Ross from from Ross Elder, and again, I, I went through his social media as well and saw, yeah, it's it's a QAnon haven. He's all over it. First of all, shout out to mercenaries of the Night Wolves. Uh, <laughs> why do these organizations keep getting all the cool names? Like, I'm thinking, like, God damn it! I wish I'd had, had a podcast named Mercenaries of the Night Wolves because this would have been great. Um, so, Jack, what you're saying is that the sources that Macarney has the sources behind Macarney's claims are not credible. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. I'm saying that the sources for this claim that what Macarney said um, and has been repeated since then about the 305th military intelligence battalion raiding a server farm in Frankfurt, Germany to seize servers involved in election fraud in the United States in the 2020 election, that that claim is a combination of a post made by a German truck driver and the affidavit uh, given by uh, this dude, um, what's his name, uh, Joshua Merritt. That those two, that these two claims have been fused together to form an Uber conspiracy. I like that you said Uber conspiracy. It's German. Anyways, um, yeah, das ist gut. So, folks, listen, uh, uh, this is a clear example. Now, I know some of you are going to go back and go, well, he's not just a German truck driver, or no, he's not just a, uh, an analyst. Uh, Smear campaigns. Okay. Maybe, maybe they have been smeared and maybe this stuff is okay. That's a little, you can go, you can go check out the social media post embedded in the article. You can, um, you can see for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. And we don't, we're not taking the word of uh, some New York times bestselling <laughs> author. You don't, that doesn't mean shit. Quit writing that. Um, but I, I will say that I think this is a clear example of how somebody with credibility, somebody with three stars, can follow these breadcrumbs that become real to them. That doesn't mean they're stupid. That doesn't mean that they're bad people. Look, during the last interview, during the last conversation that Jack and I had, Jack even made the point like, hey, this guy's uh, military experience is pretty amazing. Like, I wouldn't mind having a beer with this guy and having him regale me with stories of his, you know, of his service because the guy, he, he, he earned his three stars. Two ways to see this, folks, and it doesn't make them exclusive. Sometimes these things overlap. One, you can be very experienced. You can have great rank and great, uh, a, a, an amazing body of work that you can point at reliably and go, that's me. And it's stellar. You're a stellar dude. You're an upstanding guy. You can also make some mistakes. You can also follow certain paths, certain breadcrumbs. You can go down certain rabbit holes because you're a human being. Human beings make this problem, make this mistake all the time. We find a story, we find something that interests us on a personal level. And it's so intriguing, so fascinating to us that we might push fact to the side. We might not do the proper due diligence because it's so interesting. We just want to get that message out there. I think what's fascinating about all of this, Rod, and, and it's important to point out also, is how quickly this conspiracy spread like wildfire, how it went from a random post in German from a, a truck driver on Facebook. And it doesn't even, that guy doesn't even have very many followers. Okay. He, he doesn't have, that post didn't even have that many likes or shares or anything like that. But that one post, people 
grabbed onto it and it was within days, within about a week, it was regurgitated publicly by a duly elected American congressman and then just took off from there and, and, and was also regurgitated by retired generals, uh, by uh, retired CIA officers. And some of these conspiracy theories end up getting repeated by the White House. Uh, it's just amazing how quickly it spreads and gains traction. I, I, and I will say the other part to that is it is completely possible. And again, not exclusive to, you know, consciously or unconsciously pushing facts to the side because you really want, you're really into the story. The other part to that is, I don't want to say bash it crazy because that doesn't mean you're crazy. But I will say that I know people that are really smart, a book smart, academic smart, PhD smart, and they've done amazing things in their field. And they believe some really out there ideas as well. Um, I had a friend of mine who will remain nameless, but, uh, you know, he was a high ranking, uh, well in the army, you know, army, high ranking guy, officer, um, a mentor, a really amazing dude, super smart. I saw, I've seen him lead. So really, really smart. He also believed he was a wizard. Um, he believed that. He could change and manipulate space and time and that there were rules that govern this. And he, we had this, this conversation where I'm like sitting here, like I, I, my personal belief system says what you're saying is complete nonsense. Like this cannot exist. You're out of your fucking mind, but that doesn't mean he's dumb. He's stupid mm -hmm. or a bad leader or a bad person. It means quite the opposite. He's an amazing guy with an amazing uh, academic career, done great things in the military, great done great things in the academic world, but he believes something that I am not on board on. I, 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 yeah. I check out. There's no facts that I accept as facts. But to him, he has his facts. He supports his theory by saying, I know it to be true. I don't know. And maybe that's what it all boils down to. It's, uh, it's absolutely not a question of IQ. That, that's really not what's going on um, with these folks. Uh, there are people who are army generals, colonels. Uh, there are people who are doctors that jump on board with this QAnon stuff. It, it has, I believe it has more to do, there, there's a religious aspect to it. There's a faith-based aspect of it. Um, that something good is going to happen and that all the bad people are going to be punished. Um, there, there's also, uh, the, I think that the, the human mind is a pattern recognition machine. Um, it has to be. That's how we evolved. Uh, and sometimes that leads us to connecting dots, which are not connected. And then there's also the need. People want to feel clever. They want to feel special. They want to feel like they, they, they're so smart. They figured something out that nobody else has. So there are a lot of people out there. I, I think they just like being edge wards. I see through the media. I see through the matrix. I see through the illusions. And it's like, man, actually, like you're the biggest dupe of all. Um, you know, I'm sorry, man. And, and I get emails and I get phone calls and I get text messages every week from people I know who are very smart. But they're talking about Antifa sleeper cells. They're talking about the election being rigged and Dominion voting machines. And I mean, it's just insane stuff. And I mean, it's in a lot of these in a lot of cases, these are people who I know pretty well. Um, and it's, it's painful to see them go through that. I will end this with this. Um, I believe firmly after talking with you and reading all of our messages, by the way, folks, I love your, keep dropping those comments. We, we want to talk to you. I'm not going to poo-poo on anybody. Uh, I'll let Jack do that. Um, but uh, I, I love reading these comments. This is good. But here's my, my grand unified theory. It all, it's all Duffel Blog's fault. I believe that if we track all of these theories, even Q, we'll find that these breadcrumbs lead us to Duffel Blog a duffel log article that got circulated and people took seriously. I've seen it done. I watched a duffel blog 
uh, uh, headline become real news. And uh, people were like, dude, you know, this is a satire. Oh, you're talking about the one who's like the, the, was it the chainsaw rifle or something? I, there's a, there's been a couple. There was a, there was something along the lines of um, uh, Sergeant Major of the Army now says that you have to wear four, uh, those, uh, 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 the little shoot me straps, the little running reflective, reflective belts, reflective belts, like Sergeant Major of the Army says four reflective belts from now on. And people thought he was serious. They were like, what? This is ridiculous. You can't make soldiers go buy four of those things. You're like 20 bucks. And I was like, it, it, it's a joke. Like you, this doesn't even seem back, back in the day before people caught on to that website. Uh, they they did one article. It was that the Special Forces Regiment was giving Jane Fonda an honorary Green Beret. <laughs> and uh dude it caused an uproar uproar like the special forces association issued like a statement about like what bullshit it was it was unreal folks thank you for sticking around uh thank you for listening and watching uh hit that subscribe button man we want those subscriptions we want you to to be able to hear more of our rantings and ravings uh we have other guests lined up here that are going to talk to you about some of the stuff that you're interested in outside of the conspiracy world well, maybe inside the conspiracy world who even knows folks this is the back brief that was jack murphy you can check out all of jack's uh articles there are connectingvets.com again connecting not connecting dots that's something else connecting <laughs> connectingvets.com uh go down there you're going to see all sorts of amazing news stories from the veteran world guys like i said at the very at the top of this the show uh these are headlines that matter to you make sure you're paying special attention to what's going on on capitol hill make sure you're special uh, paying special attention to what's going on in some of our more historical stuff we have some amazing veterans from all wars all walks of life and uh, we have some great stories connectingvets.com this was the back brief you can also check out vet story uh that's available everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. I'm Rod Rodriguez, and I'll see you in the next episode. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 